Hey everyone, I'm Cynthia Conte and welcome to my new podcast, The Real Fight with Cynthia Conte. I'm about to get down to the nitty gritty with my next guest. So get ready. I'm going to find out what their real fight is within themselves. Some of them are going to make you say, ooh, maybe ah, and some of them will make you cry. So get your tea ready because we're about to spill some tea. Sit back and enjoy. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Cynthia Conte, and I want to welcome all of you to The Real Fight with Cynthia Conte, your girl. I'm going to do another visual audio series, or actually a video, YouTube, and a podcast with Benjamin Amanek. You are the founder of BoxRaw. BoxRaw, like, you know what? I wasn't going to wear it, but, you know, it's only 1,000 degrees in Los Angeles. I'm sweating. It's like hot as balls. <laughs> but I had to represent. You see it? You see BoxRaw right there. BoxRaw right there. Appreciate it. Yes. Uh, Benjamin Amana, thank you for taking the time out. I know uh, you're across the pond right now. Welcome to my new podcast. And I, I, don't, know you. If you, I don't know if you heard my podcast, even though I've sent you my link many times, but it is about the- Yeah, you know, I stopped it. I did, I did. I started listening to it on the walk and then somebody rang and I was hard up. So I, I just stopped it. <laughs> it's all right. I forgive you. But I Benjamin, uh, or Ben, as people call you, what I do with people, I get people that I'm fascinated by that I love to hear their story because it's, it's, it's not about where they're at. It's the journey that they're on. And I know that you're very similar, just learning about you, talking to you. The one time that we really got to talk over, supposed to be what, just a lunch and turn into a, a bottle of wine, lunch and dinner, two <laughs> hours later. And then even some of the podcasts and the interviews that you've done. Ben, thank you. How are you? How's, how's pandemic treating you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thank you. It's been a weird period for us. Like the last sort of three, four months, it's actually been the best best time for us. We've we really managed to sort of scale throughout the period where I think many companies sort of start to scale back. Uh-huh. Um, so, so it's really transformative, but not just me and the company, but just in terms of us understanding sort of what our purpose is. So it's been a great time. We're back in the office now, temporarily. We're actually moving offices, so we've completely outgrown the space now. And so we're wow. moving just up the road, the nicer, fancier building, which is nice. When you say you outgrew yourself, I knew that obviously you start off as one person. You've only had this company, what, a couple of years, three years at best? Yeah, it's been three years, yeah. Three years. It's uh, We're 2020. You've outgrown your space. I remember reading that you're going to be hiring, I think you're the 30th person. Is it the 30th? 30, 31 now. Oh, 31. Um, yeah, we're, we're on 31 now. We'll be 38 by the end of the month. So Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you're thriving in pandemic. I remember I was, we were texting and I was supposed to go to China for a fight and you yeah. were supposed to go to China and yeah. the world yeah. was basically falling apart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you ever get that resolved? Whatever happened to that? Yeah, yes, I know. We had, to, we had to sort of change strategies rather than relying on that one person. We had to shift production elsewhere. So we're manufacturing now in Japan um, and also uh, Vietnam, which is cool. Oh, very interesting. Uh, so no yeah. more China? No more? We are still using China. We have to be more careful just because of the uncertainty there. You see? Um, <laughs> also, your, your fucking government like, it isn't <laughs> treating China so well. So as we start to sort of enter the US more, um, we have to be thinking more long-term now. Um, so it worked out for the best. You know? How old are you again? You're 24? No, no, I'm 29. I look, my, I look 24. You just spent my day. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, the way I'm we were, we were look older. But you started this company, you started this brand because you just love boxing. You just happen to love it. Did you ever think your life would end up being where it was to um, where you thought it was when you started boxing at 12 years old because absolutely. you were bullied? No, 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 absolutely not. Like, when I first got into boxing, I, I only got into boxing to learn how to fight. I had no interest in the sport, didn't know anything about boxing. It was just a defense mechanism. I was the only, me and my brother were the only brown kid in an all Christian school. Um, so I used to get chased home from school and, um, really it was like, they were doing this free class from summer and I thought if I go there, then maybe they'll stop and went there and yeah, it stops. But then very quickly I realized that, you know, this was more than just learning how to fight, you know, and beat someone up in the street. This was, it, it was all about the, the community aspects of it, you know, and it really, it, it changed me, you know, in, in, in so many ways it, it taught me the sort of the values of discipline, mindfulness, love, you know, the, the principles that we installed within box rule. And it wasn't obviously till you know recently before launching that it, this all really came together, but it, it was never never on the horizon. No. When you did start, I mean, obviously you've had some fights. You eventually fell in love with the sport. Did you ever think that you'd want to continue it and go pro? 
Yes, so at the age of um, 17, I was in two minds whether or not to go pro or to go to university. And, you know, looking into the sport more, I realized that I'd have to get, you know, to a serious level before I started earning money. And at that point, my only objective was to try and get rich, you know. So yeah, I went to university and did um, economics management. Yeah, very quickly, I realized that the money isn't what should drive you or make you happy. And um, yeah, I've done a lot of stupid shit in my life. But yeah, I think coming up to box four is like, that was my calling, you know. Another business uh, failed. Um, I was running down the street in an Adidas tracksuit. I remember thinking, this shitty tracksuit, like everyone's looking at me, they're going to think I'm running from the police or some crap like that. And I thought, there should be a brand that represents boxes. And there wasn't, you know, and the more sort of thought I was doing, uh, going into this, you know, all the brands that come there before us, they just seem to focus on the end result. You know, it's the fight night, the boots, gloves, just celebrating that sort of one final moment. But to me, it was that, it was getting to that point that was so much more magical. Um, and I'd learned that from a kid, you know, it took me away from a life in the streets. And I started working at the gym at the age of 15, became a personal trainer, boxed competitively, went to university, started the boxing club. That club grew to the largest society. And um, by our third year, we had over 950 members. Um, and, and just for a sense of scale, like the, the second largest society there, I think it was lacrosse or rugby, um, they had like 250 members, less than that. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is like, this is mammoth, you know, a machine compared to what else was there before. And um, I don't think I even fully appreciated the value of it, but you know, I was telling everyone in the stream that you know, boxing is, you don't have to compete and be at this elite level for it to you know benefit you, you can do it at white collar level, you know, amateur um, boxing fitness, women's only box size. And that was one thing that really got big. And you know, going back to sort of the whole ideation process, I used to buy hoodies and t-shirts over here and print on them University of Bristol Amateur Boxing Club, buy them for like, like 10, 15 quid, sell them at university for like 60 pounds. Um, Wait, what's quid? Is that like a dollar? <laughs> Sorry, you, you are, you are going to have to. Um, I, I learned pence is one cent. Is quid? <laughs> no, I don't know. Is it quid uh, similar to quid. one dollar? Quid's a pound. Quid's a pound. Okay, one. Um, why you guys call it quid then? Why you guys call it a pound? Bingo, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I don't <Quid>. know. <laughs> <laughs> so six, 60 pounds. And for some of the guys in particular, they'd, they'd buy the kit and they wouldn't come back to training. Yeah. And I'd see them around campus and I'd grab them and go, yo, you know, if you're going to walk around campus telling people you're a boxer, you need to come to training. Don't be that guy. My mindset was wrong when I was at university. It wasn't until years later I'm realizing that actually, if you do boxing, you should be proud to do boxing and others want to be a part of that. And so I'm doing more and more thinking than just the brands that were there before us, they got lazy. No one was talking about the lifestyle and the journey. And, and this is back to that point. Like, there was there's so much to be learned from that, from getting involved in the boxing gym at whatever capacity, being being around that environment, and it will change your life. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing it just to be fit, or you're doing it to stay out of trouble, you're doing it to sort of get come at peace with yourself. You know, that there were so many elements of this that weren't being talked about. You know, so I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to be the reason why the world went into boxing. I knew that at that point, okay, this can't just be a product, you know, this needs to be like a story about the narrative. Even today, we don't, we don't aim to try and sell products for our marketing or anything we do. You know, what we're doing is we're trying to sell a lifestyle, you know, trying to say what you can be, what you're part of, you know, we're trying to shift the narrative of the sport away from this brute sport that only a few can do and really make it more for everybody. Um, yeah. It is a cultural movement that you've started because uh, going into athleisure wear or even just when people say boxing, they think, oh, it's a rugged sport. They don't find any glamour in it. They know it's a very hard sport. When you were growing up, did you like it? Did you like getting hit when you were boxing? <laughs> some people like it and or some people just have that controlled aggression. Yes. But- you know, always to start, whenever, whenever I got in the ring, either sparring or competing, like the, the initial steps, I, it's always quite nerve-wracking. But the moment the moment I'm hit, I don't know, I just, I'm there. Like, <laughs> We're in this now. You know, you can't kill me in the ring. So <laughs> let's just um, let's do it. I, I just think it's so it's a powerful thing being able to control your aggression, your power, like every element of your body, being able to throw a punch, knowing at what point to pivot your hips, you know, at what point to dip your head. Yeah, it's just there's no sport like that out there. It's, it's the greatest sport in the world, and I think it's in need, the whole world needs to do it. What know, was your weight that. class? I was so in at amateur. You don't box in like welter and something yeah. like that. So I boxed at 67, 67 kg. So I'm not sure what that is in pounds. It's probably equivalent of like welterweight now. Were you good? I was sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what was your best tool in your arsenal? Um, I loved, I loved the screw shot overhand right. So I'm quite like a, anyone who's watched me box and boxes with me this, you know, 
I'm that cocky twat who's doing shit that the coaches tell you not to do. Um, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> I've, I've been caught up. The thing where I've been caught up. I, I like to. I, I find it entertaining. You know, I like the idea of being able to shift your body weight from an awkward angle and still and drive so much more power from something that's so unorthodox. And I think that, again, that's just what make, makes boxing so great. Like, once you understand boxing and you understand different styles and the styles make fights and like, it's, yeah. I love the science that. behind it is it's amazing. Yeah, and it's just, it is a science. It's it is. A science. A, uh, were you a switch hitter? No, no, no. I, I try. I'm, I'm, I'm stuttering like that because I, I tried a few times. I definitely can't call myself a switch hitter. No. Oh, okay. Not an effective switch hitter. I, I did okay. the occasional <laughs> switch overhand right, switch back, um, uh-huh. but no. 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 Now, I know this is a thing that um, you are, I, I'm going to say it because I can say you're a brown person like I am. You know, you're coming up in the world. You've created a brand. You've created a, a great brand that is very positive. It's, you have your, it's kind of like the principles of boxing. It's the, you, it's about discipline, love, but uh, the same practice that you put into box draw. And I love, and I love what you stand for boxing is love because it really is when you think out of it at the end of the day you people box because it's for the love of the sport for their family to put food on their table why did you choose that as your your slogan or what you go by yes it's, it's boxing is interesting it's a good question three weeks after we launched uh we launched three weeks before black friday so rather than doing a sale and trying to sort of make it was the wrong thing to do straight after launching, giving off that impression that, you know, we abide by sales and that we were just about selling products. So I wanted to create a fund. So we initially called it the Black Friday Fund, whereby all the money was needed to donate to the charity. And then I was thinking, you know, if, if our mission is to be the reason why the world got into boxing, we can't disregard a third of the world's population. You know, people across the developing world, like, it needs to be our mission to also help those people. So the idea of that came by, you know, I needed a name for the charity initially. And to me, you know, mm-hmm. straight away, boxing is love. And from so many elements, you know, the sports, the sports punctuated by inclusion. You know, the, 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 you, you go into a boxing gym, it doesn't matter where you're from. All they care about is where you're headed. And that, that, that's all that matters. And that to me was what really sort of took me away from all that shit from the past and like put me on the straight and narrow, you know, the, the gym with my family. Um, it taught me so much, not just about, you know, the, the importance of like the community and things like that, but also about myself. And in its very nature, you know, when two guys get in there in the ring to spar or to fight, there's no malice involved. You know, it, it's all, it's done with the intention of improving one another, you know, and the, the premise and the premise of boxing in itself, that's love, you know? So the idea of boxing is love is to, as I said, you know, we want to be the reason why the world got into boxing. So we're trying to do it in these sort of locations whereby other people typically aren't, you know, trying to get involved or trying to help. And I, you know, that's the point about the color of the skin. Like that's one thing that the gym taught me as well, that I don't see people in England as like just my family. It's, we're in a global world. You know, the fact that you're from a different country, you don't have access to running water. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be targeting you or trying to help you, you know? So we even get asked to this day, you know, why don't you do more things in England or in America and things like that. It's like, we've got so much opportunity here. You know, I've seen my parents come from India with nothing, you know, they were Christian missionaries moved over the age of six. It shouldn't matter, you know, where you're from. We, we should really, and you know, I don't, I don't try. I'm not saying this to try and be that cheesy guy and you know, trying to pretend that I'm this best of all, you know, philanthropist. And it, it's not that. It's just, it's just how I see it. Even with what's going on in the world today, with all the madness of um, the racism and all that, people have made this point that if you step into a boxing gym, you'll see there is no. They, people don't base you on your race, your color, uh, your sex. Every there are inmates with cops, like they're sparring with them. They 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 leave everything at the door, and they're there for one purpose. And I wish you know the world was just like that. I just always say I wish the world was like a boxing gym. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's that's why we're here. Honestly, that, that, that's why we're here. I know during pandemic, I remember you did disclose to me that you still live with your mom, which is completely fine. You do save some money. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Do you date? Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. But I mean, it is. Uh, I know that you're really busy, and uh, and it, it's great that your family is still around uh, because you are. You're working. You're pulling what twenty hour days, maybe eighteen, fifteen yeah, hour yeah, days. If you look across, actually, I've got on my sofa. A pillow, duvet, and pajamas. 
I, sometimes I'll sleep there if it's uh, if we're up too late. Um, I, I can't be doing this for too long, but yeah, sometimes. I mean, you know, anyone who's got a business will be doing the same. You know, I, I don't think I'm anything special in that regard. Anyone that's really trying to get something, you know. It's um, just the grind that you put in. That's it. That's it. It's, it's, it's the brand. It's who we are, you know. It's, uh, it's a big part of our culture as well. You know, the culture, and everyone says this as well in the office, you know, it's just like a boxing gym. Uh, we've got the lines down on the door, door um, head. And yeah, we, we try and keep that culture across everyone. You know, I've got the hardest working motherfuckers working for me. Promise you, without a doubt. You know, when I mean, young do, you, people, do you have people uh, begging you to work there, or, or do they start out as an intern? Yeah, but begging is a strong word. But yeah, we, we do have a lot of people um, trying to sort of send applications, especially recently. You know, obviously with the pandemic. But you know, I think anyone that work that you know that, that is a fan of the sport or appreciates the sport, you know, this is the ideal company to work for. We're changing the game, like from what. What you would know, and you probably know some of the stuff we're doing for the future, but to the outside world, people just see us as a clothing brand. They ain't got a clue. We've got things we've been working on for over three years, which is still in the mix. This is a long game for us. Okay. No, that's good because a lot of people just think that you're a clothing brand that uh, when you first came out, on, you're like, nope. When you first came out on the... um, on the market, you were on Instagram. And I remember I saw you, I was like, who's this boxer? I was like, oh, really? It was like, I mean, the material, the the uh, quality is amazing. Just like the little the little things, like when I remember skipping rope, I'm gonna have to stand up. There's a pocket inside. Genius! <laughs> we got a passing on that, we got a passing on that. Genius! I'm like, yeah. how come no, other, no one else has decided to do that? You can put your phone there, your keys. I'm always trying to hide stuff. And yeah. um, no, and it's just, such amazing quality, but uh, I'm going to go back to like, uh, you were on Instagram, just like everyone else trying to get your stuff out there. Vasily Lomachenko, that was the first name that people knew. He wasn't as big yet. You weren't as big yet. How did that come to fruition with you guys? It's about six months into launch. And at this point, you know, we had a, quite a few boxes in, underneath us who were wearing the brand authentically and I sent his manager an email saying they're interested in doing a deal. Um, he said, what have you got? I said, I don't know, about $700 a month, told him. He laughed at me, he said, are you what? I said, $700 a I'll month, I'll take mate. it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was like, we just turned down a deal with like a million dollars with Reebok. Like, how the hell am I going to go with him with $700, <laughs> mate? Um, and I said, well, that's all I got. But can I just send you this gear? And he's like, all right, send it to us. If you like to it, he might wear it, but no obligation. I said, yeah, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, a few weeks passed, and then I woke up to a photo. Shout out, Mikey Williams. Mm-hmm. Captured a photo. Oh, yeah. Um, running up a running up a hill um, in the pep shorts. It's, it's up here. It, it, the reason why it's up here is it, it was just like I'd been thinking about that for so long. You know, it was a big goal of mine. I'd grown up watching, you know, Loma, even in the amateurs through the Olympics. Yeah, and it, it sort of went on from there. And I, you know, pitching the idea of then, you know, launching a collaboration. They actually asked for some custom tracksuits actually three days before the fire. I said, you're mad, mate. I'm not, I'm not going to get custom tracks with you in three days but how about for the next fight we launched collaboration and they were like oh okay so okay and then yeah things went on from there and we we went into partnership you know we don't work with many more unfortunately but yeah it, it was a great experience you know it, it, it was a you know i was living my dream you know by doing that and that from there like it went on from bigger and bigger from that um, why don't you put the picture is it a picture of loma in the tracksuit on the lot on that side of the wall it's, um oh oh uh, that's awesome. oh i do uh, love that redemption uh conlins because you know my thing is you know i put the middle fingers up it, i get it <laughs> it's not politically female correct i mean i say bitch in my tagline guys fuck <laughs> but uh yeah and then my, but, my, my dad my, my dad went mad my dad went mad my, my dad <laughs> Christians and he's obviously subscribed to the mailing list and that campaign went out and honestly he was like so disappointed with me because he's got all his friends on there he's like this is disrespectful like you're ruining the brand what do you think you do I was like dad you don't understand the significance yeah. like this is like signifying a middle finger to the corruption in boxing like if you knew the story you wouldn't be saying that did he yeah. did he did you t- have him watch that fight that that Olympic fight of have him watch it and be like okay no, he won't. he'll, he'll start throwing yeah. the middle finger up too but no you've got like you've got a list you have i mean you have alexander usik when he was in the undisputed uh collab with him gervonta days i remember you told me this when we had lunch and you kind of gave me like you hinted you told me who you're working with and 
I was like, ooh, Gervonta. I mean, you've got some good knees. How do you go about it? I mean, if I were a boxer, I would obviously be like, can I please wear your stuff? Do you get a lot of applications from boxers or you, like you, you DMs? Do they slide yeah. in your DMs? <laughs> Honestly, you, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that we, and it's not even just boxers. Like we just get people, you know, it's just a generation of Instagram. Everyone thinks everyone's an influencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's versus not about that. You know, it's not about the amount of followers. It's about sort of what value we think they can provide to our audience, and ultimately, are they going to bring people into the sport of boxing? Yeah, you know? no. Um, and you know how we go about that is just building that authentic relationships. You know, that there's no ulterior motive. You'll never find someone in in the boxing industry who has said that. You know, Ben screwed me over, or Ben tried to do this, and he was really after this. You know, they might not want to work with me for whatever reason, but it won't be because I was dishonest. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, when you're authentic with these guys and you, you know, in many situations come from a similar background to them, it, it just makes it for an easy conversation. You know, I've, I've been a boxer, you know, I know the sport, you know, I'm not, and that was the main thing we were launching as well. The initial, the initial Instagram was like everything came from such a place of authenticity that the boxers knew we were legit. You know, even still to this day, we get people that are trying to launch brands and even though, even some of the big, bigger players in boxing right now, they don't have a fucking clue. The people who founded it maybe had a clue. It's yeah. not the same people running it now, you know, it's, um, it's and their just, quality has gone down. I mean, it's, gone down. It's, just, it's just a business for them. They don't actually care, you know, and, and that's why you have anyone who's bought a box or product compared to any of our competitors. They'll stick with us. They're not going to go back, you know, because they're saying that their quality is better or the innovation is better. No one's been innovating. The boxing gloves, for instance, boxing gloves have been made the same way for hundreds of years. Now, not many people know this, but we've been, we've been working on gloves for three years now. I know you told me. Oh, I told I can't you. I wait to see what it is. I, yeah. can't, I can't wait to see. We've got the girl, the one of the girls in there is working on the pattern now, actually. And it's, Are they going to uh, work? Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's a madness. I need another uh, one right here. You see? <laughs> right here. <laughs> With your <sorry>. signature. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, even that in itself, like the idea that one tool can stay the same for hundreds of years and no one's going to try and innovate just blows my mind. So when it came to work on that, it was like, we've got to strip this down to like nothing and start from the ground up. So... We've got six pattern points launched on there. You know, I'll give you one hint, one thing that's going to be on there, which you can share publicly. We're hiring, a, we've been hiring wind tunnels. Wind tunnels, you know what wind tunnel is? Wind tunnel is what they use for the aerodynamics of like a rocket ship. Oh, okay. okay. So boxing goes right now, they operate around 60% efficiency. Oh, wind tunnels. Wind tunnel, sorry. Oh, Oh, I think you said wind tunnels. I'm like, I don't, I think that's like a Brit word. I don't know. Oh, slow down. Slow down. Um, wind tunnel. Wind tunnel, yeah. Okay. Wind, wind okay. Tunnel. So currently boxing gloves, they operate around 60% efficiency in terms of how they fly through the air. We're trying to get our glove to above 95% efficiency. We'll, we'll, we will literally be able to make boxers punch faster and harder with our glove because of just simply the aerodynamics of the glove. Like if you imagine the force that's exerted through a punch, you compare that to the to a basketball or anything like that. This is faster and so much more dynamic than any other action in the sports and sports industry. Why has no one tried to make that whole motion of throwing a punch more efficient? So our pattern, you know, we've got we're finding a patent, a patent on our pattern, you know, the fur, and it's it's no. Is it legal though? Will the commission sign off on it? That's the problem. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll You're like just that. for training purposes. Right now, right now, what we're trying to do is make boxes be the best they can be. Okay. From, you know, yes, there will probably be issues later on down the line with commissions and all that corrupt shit. But <laughs> as you work in the sport, <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, we're here to do it. We're here to do a job, you know, and our job is to provide the best possible value. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you said harder, faster, smarter, great tagline, oh because God. that's one of your taglines. And, yeah. uh, but I, oh, okay, this is, I, when it came to mind, when you thought, when you started talking about boxing gloves, I thought the Elon Musk of boxing gloves. Why hasn't anyone tried doing it? Well, I can't wait to see what you come up with on this. Uh, when you started this, you didn't go to school to uh, start a business in clothing. Did you think it was going to be easy or did you find it very difficult to start a clothing business uh, in a sport that you loved? To start with, like, I only know business. Like, I've, from the, Even from the age of 12, like, I was hustling on the street. I think I told you this before. So it kind of all started with my mom used to give me 50 pence. Emergency yeah, business. I remember this story. I love this. Please tell it. Yeah. So that was what we used to have. If it was raining, I was allowed to take the bus home. Otherwise, we had to walk. And then all the kids from school, they'd be buying chocolates and crisps and you call them chips over there. Chocolates and chips um, mm-hmm. before and after school. So what I do try and put in, you know, and it's just an insecurity thing. I buy the sweets and chocolate so I could do it. And I go home and without the money and she'd hit me over the back of the head and 
tell me that you know this is only for emergencies so one day in the morning go to the shop i buy out all the two pence sherman sticks maybe i don't know 40 of them you know in, in a stack i sold them in class for 10 pence and the idea was you know at the end of the day i had all this profit and i still had my 50 pence to take home to my mom and that idea crystallized over time so you know by the age of 15 i was importing from alibaba um, by 16, I was a bronze uh, buyer, up to 10,000 units a year. Um, and I, anything you wanted, I could get USB sticks, MP4 players, clothing, uh, mobile phones, SIM cards. I, I was your man. So that then sort of carried on to materialize, you know, even through university, to fix people's cars. I started working at my dad's garage at the age of 12. So I was fixing people's cars at the weekends at uni, cutting people's hair, buying headphones and bought from China, selling them in school. That, you know, post-uni, started a car sales business, grew that to be a huge monster, made it up a bit of money, realized that the money didn't make me happy, various other businesses as well. Uh, but it's all I've known. So when it came to the idea of box raw, I was very naive in thinking it would take me like two, three months. I think I said, I said three months initially. So anyone who's following us from very early days, they would have remembered an Instagram page going up and it's saying coming soon. And we kept putting that coming soon date back, you know, for about nine months in total. And in the end, yeah, it took me two years to build. So I didn't have a fucking clue. I didn't have a Scooby-Doo, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like a lot of learning and like, but because I had the experience with previous businesses, it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to like, or so it was easy for me not to give up because I've been yeah. through that process of like realizing that shit does take long. You know, it's not always going to be so easy. But yeah, no, I, I had no clue. You know, I still don't think I have, I've still got so much to learn. You know, I really don't think that I've mastered it. I'm still, even through the pandemic, you know, going from 21 to 31 staff, 38 by the end of the month, I'm having to relearn everything I thought about management. You know, we've got teams, you know, we're only 50% of our staff are in the Coventry office in England. The rest are in New York, LA, Philippines. And then Where are around. you? Where are you at right now? I'm in Coventry. I'm Where's in a shithole. So it's, it's a... Is that in UK? Yeah, it's about an hour away from London. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's not too far. It's actually, you know what? It's got the highest stab ratings in the UK. Whoa. In Europe, sorry, in Europe, in Europe. Like, it's, uh, it's don't get me you know, I've never been shot. Why are you, I mean, well, it's kind of good for you because we're going to touch on that because um, I know gut violence is a big issue, not just in the States because guns, we have them, but you guys have knives. I And guns are not even allowed but um, we're going to touch on that because of uh, what you want to do with your foundation and what you want to do with your brand. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go straight to box, uh, box, your box raw foundation. And um, God, you made me cry when you went to West Africa, Liberia. This was a passion project. How long have you, how long have you wanted to do something like this in general, or did it just come about when you started box raw? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to try and pretend that I was the most charitable person growing up. You know, it really wasn't who I was when I was a kid. It was all about trying to make money, just thinking about myself. And then, you know, as I said before, it very quickly becomes, you know, artificial. You know, you're just chasing the next watch, the next car, you know, the next holiday, helicopter trip and all the stupid shit. Yeah, I was definitely nothing like that growing up. But yeah, I think box draw was the thing that really sort of defined my you know purpose there. So you know, it just, back to that point, it stemmed from, you know, if I'm saying that I want to be the reason why the world got into boxing, I can't do that in an authentic way if I'm just going to forget about everyone else, you know, who can't afford to buy the products or doesn't have access to the sport, you know, so that's why we do it. You know, the idea is to use boxing as a mechanism for change. You found you know? your purpose. Yeah, I, found, I, I know my purpose. You know? You, you, it's a powerful thing, you know, I think it's, 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 I find it weird talking to people that don't have that you know, yeah, I've got friends who are teachers, who are business owners. I don't care what you do, but as long as you're doing something you want to do. If, if you're not, and you just moan, moan to me, you know, oh, I'm at work, you know, I can't wait till the weekend. We've got nothing in common. Yeah. Absolutely nothing in common, you know. No, I think uh, that's why we got along is that uh, because I realized, I mean, when I first, the way I even met you, I didn't even know who you were. It was because I was, I, uh, Chris, your photographer, reached out to do a box raw video of, you know, just my story. And yeah. of course, and I love telling my story because I want to be able to touch other people and say, I can do this, you know, and I'm a female in this sport. Mm. And when we just started talking, I mean, we really, really hit it off. I was like, man, like we have such great synergy and mm. uh, we just love what we do. I mean, we work hours on end, but yeah. I love it. Exactly. Uh, boxing is love charity. You partnered up with Save More Lives. They're based here in the States and U.S. It's a nonprofit organization. and the butterfly effect box, uh, is it boxing? I can't even read my own handwriting. Mm -hmm. 
they, were they the ones that were able to get you into Africa to make everything happen? Yes, it's, it's a cool story with this, actually. So Save More Kids, US-based NGO, presence in Liberia, a guy who runs it, like incredibly passionate guy. He and another guy called Jason, who's now our executive director of Boxing is Love, heads that up. They approached me initially for sponsorship for the Butterfly Effect project. And at that point, I had I'd spent, I think, £3,000 in trying to buy land in Nigeria, which, you know, after making the money, the guy who I paid it to went AWOL. So this is shortly after launch. So I kind of like left like a bit of taste, but realized I still need to do something now. I couldn't let that be the only thing that, or the thing that stopped us. And then they reached out saying that, you know, they were in the town, can they meet? And they told me what they wanted to do. And, you know, at that point I realized actually guys, like this is, this is exactly what you want. What you want to do is like race them is what I want to do. Why don't we try and merge together? You know, because ultimately I was also trying to build a business and trying to do everything at once is, you know, I realized that we needed, we needed the support. So Jason joined Boxing is Love. Uh, we partnered up with Save More Kids Q, went to Liberia. And, you know, it, it, that really, it was, I don't want to say it was like a life-changing moment, you know, the cliche sort of saying, but. It is. Yeah. It is. It, 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 more than anything, it just it reminded me like the value and, you know, the power of boxing. Holding the pads with these kids, watching them run up, you know, throw some combinations, run back and just watching the smile on their faces. Like it's, it, it's beautiful. You know, it really is. And then, you know, we would drive through villages later on and then we'd see the kids shadow boxing and we're like, wow. We really made a difference there. And just, you know, the idea of having that structured environment, like a boxing class, you know, like a boxing gym, but in a class class setting, it, it does wonders for them. You know, and I, it's hard to really put it into words what I want to do. Or what I can say, I'm, you know, I think the biggest thing to take from this is that I know for a fact, if we instill the principles of boxing in these kids around the developing world and sort of so on, it, it will change lives categorically. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, I know what it's done for me. I know what it can do for them. No, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, Liberia, 70% of Liberia's population is under 25. And your goal is to, and a lot of them die. A lot of them, are, they get killed because of what's going on in, on, in that country. You know, I was reading on your blog. I don't know if you wrote it or Jason wrote it. They said, why are you coming here? Our, our children are starving. We're hungry. And, you know, you're there for a different purpose. You're leaving them hungry for more boxing and i found that beautiful because yes i understand that they're hungry in food but this is something that they have something to live for um to look forward to as they grow up and find a purpose with their own lives yeah um, yeah go ahead yeah it, it gives them something to aim towards the thing is with boxing as well it's one of those sports whereby there's no you're never going to go to one session and go to the next and not have, not have improved you know it's a continuous learning thing you can be kicking a football up in the air, you know, and each time you're thinking, I'm not making any progress with boxing, like you can physically feel it. You, you know, because of the, the amount of power you exert and the punches, like you, you feel it in your heart, like how much energy is this taken out of me? The next session you go back, you're like, shit, you know, I've got better, you know? Yeah, it's just such a powerful thing. So, so the other thing we're doing there, we're building boxing gyms, mm-hmm. colossal project. We're building them out of recycled shipping containers. Um, the reason for shipping containers is that they're very scalable. So we get the shipping containers donated. And then the idea is we're building these boxing gyms with uh, education community centers. So trying to add value in sort of like different ways that stem from the sport of boxing, you know, giving them that sort of physical thing to aim towards. From doing that, they understand the principles of discipline, you know, mindfulness, love. And then we'll also try and, you know, help in other ways where we can. Like regards to things like that, you know, yes, of course, there are places in the world whereby they need food. You know, the reality is that's just not my forte. I don't know how to how to help without this. This is our mission. This is our vision. You know, in Liberia, I remember seeing the uh, heavy bags. Uh, so how is it? They're shipping containers. How many shipping containers is it? Like one one shipping container is a gym where they hit the pads, and the other how how does uh, that work? It's, it's um, you can do that thing where you link, can't you? So you? There's a video on YouTube, and you can see the whole design of the boxing gym. So okay. it's like. I think it's like 40 containers in this Ooh. project. Not every, and they're joined together, cut the, the middles are cut out. We've got okay. open settings. Like it, it's not like a typical, like just an MC box with things hanging from it. Like the, the, the last trip we did, uh, we bought bags and we hung them off some of the containers we had, but it wasn't like representative of actually what we're building there. Yeah. Um, but the, the, this is, this is a, it's, a, it's a real big project. Like it's, you know, circa one to $2 million in, in terms of the cost. Um, uh, do kids, uh, if, kids want to go is it free how does that how does that happen 
Yeah, work? yeah, it's going to be completely free. We'll, we'll employ the coaches there. Uh, we'll employ all local labour to um, build the gyms. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a real positive effect for the actual local economy as well. You know, and the idea is, is that we're doing, last year, I think we did two trips, mission trips. You know, the idea is to make that like a regular thing, you know, three to four times a year in one location. Um, they can bring, t- t- tourism industry can um, benefit from it. And it's, you know, from there, it's like you have a network effect. You know, you start off with something small and, you know, you give the kids something to sort of work towards and who knows whether that's going to take them in sort of 10, 10 years time, 15 years time. I don't want to do it for me. I'm, I'm really living proof of it all. Once you do it in one country, we go to the next one, Sierra Leone, Nigeria, Kenya. So you're, uh, you're focusing strictly in Africa then, correct? Right now we are focusing in Africa, yes. We've got other places where we've been, we've been approached as well by different partners, potential partners who want to sort of launch one in their space. The reality is we're still trying to figure all this out in you know, exactly the best way to operate it. So we've got the land, thanks to Q, Save More Kids. Building works will be started. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a lot, you know, it's a big project. How old was the youngest that you got to work with in Africa? Probably like, let's say four or five. I'm not good with ages, but a t- tiny, man, like little... Little, You're so tiny. I, no, saw, no, I think on your website, yeah, the yeah, little yeah. girl is when the, and she's like this. She's posing. It's so cute. She's so diva. I love it. What's yeah. it? Oh my. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. That's 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 uh, Key's orphanage uh, in Liberia. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Oh my. You know, I remember when I saw those stories and I I tagged them and I watched them. All. I was crying i was like my god i can't even imagine what you guys were going through the emotions that yeah. you guys went through how long do you guys stay a week two weeks two weeks yes two week trips i think more than anything you just realize like they don't want you to feel sorry for them you know we don't go there and think oh you know this is sad it's like these guys are happy you know they haven't got anything yet they're so happy so everyone who goes on these trips that you know comes to the end of it like actually you know we've got so much to be thankful for you know us in like in the western world we just moan about shit all the time. And you, you go somewhere like that. And it's just why, you know, it's unfortunate with the pandemic. So we, we were going to do like three trips this year, you know, and open them up to the public. So, but, you know, once things do get back up and running, like when people come on these trips as well, they'll also be reminded, you know, one about the power of boxing, then two about just how much they've got to be grateful for. Yeah. Well, whenever the world opens, I want to go. I want to go. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. want to go to this because it's, um, you know, just to see those smiles on all those kids and them chanting boxing is love is is so powerful and they believe it all the everyone that came out it was just like i'm sitting there crying but um thank you thank you for thank you for doing this for those kids because kids need something like this and um they need people like you but uh we're gonna switch gears real fast and we're gonna go back to their fighters and who you want to who would you want box raw to be who would you like to dress Come on, you ha- I know you know how they say they have a hit list. A fighter has a hit list who they want to fight. You have a dress list. <laughs> yeah. You know what's tricky about this question is that boxing is a small world. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know that. They'll be like, like they um, say, like when Oscar Oscar Delahoy says, if I say a name, they add another comma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you who I, did, who I would like to work with. And but the difference is, he, he has one box draw. You know, he's been spotted wearing the brand. Uh, it's Canelo. You know, I, I'd love to work with that guy. I just think how he's evolved his boxing ability now. Like, you know, his understanding of the science of boxing is phenomenal. So from that point of view, you know, he, he'd be great. But you know, without sounding like a dick, but there isn't like. There isn't any boxer out there right now that we've tried to work with. We haven't been able to get in the brand in some capacity, whether or not, you know. First of all, we don't pay for endorsements. No, no, no. But just them wearing it. Them wearing it, yeah. Yeah, like, that's one of the best things about this. You know, I'm living my dream. I used to watch these guys on TV growing up, you know, and now I get to do, now I get to see them wearing something that I've created. And not even just see them wear it, but actually, like, get value from it. You know, something that we put time and energy into, and they're like, Actually, you know, they make an active decision to wear that. You know, we don't pay them to wear it. If they wear it, they want to wear it, you know. Um, and it's, I think that's a that's such a huge misconception with box rules. That's why we get so many requests. People saying, can you sponsor me? It's like, we don't, you know, it's just not part of our model. Um, no, it's uh, it's, it's just sustainable. wear it. And, you know, I, when I wear it, they're like, oh, my God, you know, boxer. I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I see that you're rocking the new logo, the new think? boxer. Yeah. I, it's, it it kind of reminds me of Python, like a snake. 
the teeth, uh, but it, it's, it's, it, what, what, I guess what you guys have, it's hard. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> no, I like it though. Are you heavily in, does, uh, involved in the design process? Do you, can you draw and you, you yeah, yeah. So, uh, this, this logo took me like six months to make. And when I say six months, I don't mean like, you know, two minutes a day, five minutes a day, like a hardcore. But I've got, just to give you a sense of sort of how long it's talking to talk the development process. Now, this is going to be weird. So um, just. This is a story of Boxra, how Boxra was born. By the way, I've got three of these at home, which are completely full. This is the most recent one, which is in the office. Oh, what can you see here? Let me try and show it this way. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wait, 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 wait. You ain't seen shit yet. That's well over a hundred. Well over well, probably, a hundred. Like, probably in, in total, like over ten thousand variations of the to get to this point. Like so much thought and time. Like, I'll explain that in a sec, but without boring you all, but this is like it wasn't we didn't just stumble across the logo, like a lot of thought and energy went into it. Like I don't know. If, there were many components we had to hit when we designed the logos. The first one, it had to be directional. It had to show progression, which is why the logo's not a perfect horizontal angle. It's veered up from top to left. If you look up. Uh, exactly, exactly. It had to look good upside down. I don't know if you noticed, but on all the new products now, since we launched the logo, all of the... Um... <laughs> I'm like, look at it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> all of the... Um... I've got a sticker here, actually. So... I was like, unless you get on, you do a handstand. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of the sleeves, they, they've got the logo on them, but they're upside down. So that when, only when you put your fist up. Oh, logo, that is really good up. thought. Probably. Yeah. So it has to look good upside down. The other thing is we wanted um, two sharp points, no more than that, to make it easy, easily identifiable. Okay. Identifiable. So you've got that one and obviously that one. Other thing, which no one I think really realizes is that it's a boxing glove. Do you know yeah. that? Hold so, on. It is? Like this? If you hold your left hand up, like a boxing glove, imagine it's a thumb there. This bit is the thumb, and this bit is the top of the knuckle. So you imagine you're... Th- I'm trying to do this back to front. Oh, I see. Oh! See that? Imagine you've got yeah. the thumb like, here. Like that, okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's a boxing glove. But I didn't want it to be obvious, because when I was trying to get advice for the logo, everyone was like, oh, you do some boxing gloves. I'm, like, I'm not doing fucking... Everyone does that. Gloves. Everyone does that. Like, it's not, it, it, it couldn't be so heavily like obvious that it was a boxing glove. See, it, it would just put people off. You know, it was tacky. It had to be sort of our rendition. And finally, it had to be like a beat in some yeah. capacity. And there were, there were various other things that went into it, but a lot of time, you know, here's another notepad full of... Multiple wow. You're like me in notes, notes on notes on notes. Yeah. I so bet you never told this story to anyone. Woo! <laughs> I got the exclusive on it. Were you nervous to say this is the final, final, final? No, no. Once, so, so once I did my hand drawing one, we, we then put it in. It was, I'm going to bore you the bullshit science about this. but we No, I love called, stuff like this. Yeah, we, we put it into what's known as golden circle ratio. It's a principle which, like... Historically in design, like many famous sort of graphic designers have used to try and make something more rememberable and iconic. And it's to do with how many sort of variations of angles and curves that you have that can make something easily recognizable. So Nike have used it in their logo. Apple have used it in their logo. And we had to use it in ours. So the premise is is that this logo is made up of one of, sorry, an amalgamation of up to six uh, circles in terms of size. So it's just easier on the eye, easy to remember. So once the logo is done, we just plugged it into this like formula, if you like, tweaked a few things around to make it fit, and then Bob's your uncle, we got it. Wow, the yeah. birth of the, the the official box raw logo. I mean, I still like this one too. Yeah, are you going to continue with this one, or are you going to strictly do the logo uh, logo? No, we still we still we're still going to use the text. The problem with the text is that it gets to a point where it's very hard to remember or recognize text from a distance. So when we're doing like the custom tracksuits for boxes, like we'll, we'll be featured and I'll know because I know the cut and I can just about make out the text, but you can't recognize text, you know, and it's- That's it, true. When you look it, at Nike, Adidas, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's further to like, when we're launching like gloves, eventually going into boxing footwear and other things, like it, you can't, we don't want to just have text there. Like we need a logo that's recognizable because the thing is the difference between text logos and an actual logo you can look at is that you have to read text to be able to read it make sure it's coherent, uh, internalize it. Things with a logo, instantaneously, you're filled with an emotion versus like an audible name. So th- th- there's power in a strong logo, especially one that people want to wear. And you know, th- th- that's why we 
we do our marketing the way we do is because we're trying to invoke an emotion. So, you know, when, when people see this, yes, we want them to say box draw, but we want them to have that same feeling they had when they watched something or read a story, you know, about someone we were talking about and so on. I am wearing, so you remember when you asked me what I thought about some of the women's clothing? They are so comfy, even though my ass hangs out, but they're so comfy. <laughs> I can't necessarily run in them out in public. What you incorporated is the name, what they're about, and smart tech, which I want to ask you, smart tech, what is this? I mean, it's... Does it make me skinny? That's all I need to know. <laughs> yes, yes, the name, the, I mean, the first one is shorts. I would completely revamping all the women's wear. I mean, I've told you that already. Okay, like, yes, yeah. Why? It's not bad. I, it's I'll, not take bad I'll take no, anything that you have in the small. Not, yeah, it's not bad, but it's not great. You know, it needs to be, anything we do, we need to make sure we're the best at it. You know, ultimately, you know, our biggest core um, value in Voxel is that we're here to win. You know, we're yeah. not here to sort of sit on the sideline and progress like this. You know, we really want to, take over but the all the, all the collections within box they're named after a famous boxer you know who we're a fan of and we always try and make it something relatable to the body like you're wearing the johnson hoodie the reason why it's called the johnson is because it's a heavyweight hoodie you know it's very durable we need a boxer that represented that who better to represent that than jack johnson it's a heavy hoodie it's it's good it's sexy i mean the new ones the new, the new ones we've revamped these now with a new with a thicker fabric does it's, it make it, it hotter though will it will you get hot hot in no it? Not so much like that. Like, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be like a fall, winter sort of hoodie. And we've got new hoodies coming out, which are like more suitable for summer. We always try and link the boxer to the actual products we're trying to sell. So, yeah, they come with... I think I've got some here, actually. So you've got the old Johnson hoodie there. I need to get you a new one. Oh, um, yeah, please. They, they <laughs> in every with, color. <laughs> here's, here's the Jack Johnson one, for instance. So they come in these little envelopes. Oh, how beautiful. Oh, packaging is everything. But then what we then what we do we provide trump like collectible trump cards now so you get hand drawn illustration of Jack Johnson you get like a little write up about him his stats profile Ooh. you got a mission statement okay you get the clothing points you get a quote from Jack Johnson and then like a more in depth write up about him wow and then you'll get care instructions so you know when you do this you're not gonna you're gonna have to expand your brand because there's a lot of boxers out there so eventually maybe someone's going to want to trade like you know baseball cards trading cards but that is a really cool idea you've we've got customers we've got customers that email us and you know they tag us in their stories and they've got like a huge collection of all the cards you know on their wall every product comes with a story you know and we yeah. even when we do the write-ups we link it into like so the customer can make a link to you know why we've named it after them like the one's Sadler, you know, the compression gear, you know, Sandy Sadler, same sort of thing. And the illustration of him. Is it well. when you yeah. select them, how did you get him as your compression suit? Compression suit, so he actually used to wear, I mean, he's from, you know, over a hundred years ago, he was wearing like compression tights, but they weren't even like known as compression tights. He, he, just, he just wore tights and shorts. Yeah. Uh, as well. So I mean, he was also very like, the compression gear had to be like, you know, to allow for mobility. So we wanted a boxer who was very light in their feet. You know, the, the Robinson tracksuit, you know, the bottoms that I'm wearing right now, Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, the reason being is that the Robinson for us is like pound for pound the best tracksuit out there. You know, it's, it's capable for any environment. He was the best pound for pound boxer ever to have lived, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we, there's always a story that goes into it. You, you wouldn't believe the brainstorming sessions I have to go into like when we're actually naming products. Like, you know, it can't be this boxer that did this or that doesn't relate to here. And then sometimes we get stuck with actually I think it helps, you know, with how we operate is that we're just very purpose driven. There's no like, we're not just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. Like everything we do, we do for a purpose. You know, it's, it's the same in the boxing gym. We don't just go on a run for a second going for a fucking run. We go on a run with intention. Mm-hmm. Run, you know, we'll come into the session, come into the gym, you know, and it stems through, it stems through everything we do. You dressed Dillian White, am I right? Like, Dillian White for this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maximum violence. What did you dress him in? Did, do they um, get picky? Do they get, say, I want that, 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 not this? Yeah, so, you, you know what's great is that, the, I think when I went into this, I had this conception that, or misconception even that, you know, it was going to be hard to sort of navigate through this space. But, you know, I'd grown up in the boxing gym. I've been around professional yeah. fighters all my life, even after university, you know, I was heavily involved in the boxing gym and they're professional fighters. So, you know, I realized these, they weren't these like scary guys. They were just famous you know, so it, it, it's cool. Like we get to see, you know, a different side of them. But, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, the guys aren't too fussy. You know, Dillian White in particular, 
he he just likes the brand you know he, he oh, oh yeah he's telling me some stuff he's like oh thank you you know he's uh he's a funny guy i really like him really really like him actually yeah some of the boxes you know you, you get prima donnas in this sport you know i want this i want that like oh we don't you know one, one guy asked for trainers but maybe they make trainers man where, where are you get trainers from? <laughs> know my uh, brand first <laughs> yeah yeah like you know you, you do boxing goes for this next fight like although we're working on it we can't just give you shit unless we know you know it's going to improve your game yeah um, but it's cool it's cool working working these guys dressing the guys as i said you know it's um especially in the early days you know when friends are sending photos oh this guy's wearing this and this guy's wearing this and they're like oh i didn't think you were going to do it you know and that was reality at the start no nobody thought this was going to work you know and I, and I mean it you know it's just my best friend party works for us now my brother but yeah. apart from that everyone everyone just thought we were you know it, it was just why would boxers wear that when they wear Nike and Jordan? I was like, exactly. That doesn't that doesn't represent them. Boxers need a brand that represents them. You know. That is uh, true. It's true because yeah. when you think Nike, you think every other sport except boxing. I mean, yeah. it's very uh, Jordan. He has Gennady and Cecilia Bracus, and I think maybe I want to say Underwear. I don't know. Don't call yeah, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not very many. And you don't think of Jordan as a boxing brand. You think of it as Jordan shoes and basketball. Yeah. But no, uh, do you ever think that you would open a, an actual boxing gym or a gym? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's in the works already? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 100%. So we were planning on moving to New York this summer, actually. Yeah, well, then, well, then the Rona hit. <laughs> yeah, that fucker. And then um, <laughs> to start with, we weren't ready to move. Like, when I was saying earlier at the start, like, lockdown was the best thing that ever happened to us. So mm-hmm. it was just because we start off, we're very goal orientated at Boxer. You know, we live by them day and day. Like you have to like, unless it's taking us closer towards those goals, then you don't do it. Simple as that. Someone will bring up a conversation. Unless it's going to further our mission to be the reason why the world went to boxing, we scrap it. And we went into lockdown with so many goals and it's like everyone was split in so many different directions. Suddenly everyone has to work remotely, you know, and all the internal processes that we thought worked didn't work, you know, it was bullshit. We, we, we were so heavily reliant on face-to-face interactions that come lockdown, we, you know, my time was just spent through messenger chats, you know, FaceTime, Zoom calls, like, this can't be the way the company has to run. Like, how the hell are we gonna do this? We're moving to New York in a few months. And this, it just sort of realigned us. Uh, we stripped down our goals. Everyone focused on less, we got more done, you know, and as a result of that, it was the best thing for me as like, a, you know, as a leader, you know, just being able to provide more clarity about where it is we're headed. Anyway, sorry. No, 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 this is true. Pandemic <laughs> is the best thing that happened to many people. It was one of the best things that happened to me. I launched a podcast. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, and I, um, yeah. And I'm able to talk to people all around the world from my own chair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. We want to launch a gym in New York to start with. And this is obviously we're naturally going to have a product there, but the idea is not to sell product. The idea is to sell an experience, you know. So um, how is going to be executed? Uh, right now, I don't know. What I do know is that it needs to further our mission where people can come in and learn about the sport. Some of the new technologies that w- which we're launching can be featured in there. You know, people can test the equipment. We're going to have a PT, um, like, you know, an actual boxing coach there. So I want to take people and teach them the sport uh, from that point of view. Long term, in terms of how we scale, you know, if there's a commercial value, like a, you know, not so much a franchise gym, but, you know, a chain of gyms, you know, all over the world. Yes. Like, well, one thing I do know is that I've been to many boxing gyms. I know what makes a great boxing gym. Number one is the culture, and then two, the environment around you. Um, and you know, while while there's, there's loads of great boxing gyms, many that we work with, but who would we be as a boxing brand to not have our own boxing gym? Throughout this entire process, I, it's not been easy. From the time that you that you realize you're not going to be a boxer, what did you learn about yourself? What did I learn about myself since, since starting box Yes. Question. That's a deep question. You never think about this. You never, when you're sitting there in deep thought, what have I learned about myself out of those 10,000 logos that you've (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think what I've learned that I'm good at, especially recently, you know, as we're starting to bring more people into the team, is that I'm very relationship orientated, you know, so I'm great at sort of meeting new people. Strategy, I'm absolutely shit with admin. Yeah, I think understanding what it is I'm good at. And then also just understanding myself and what my what my purpose is as a leader, you know, to the rest of my team, you know. I think shifting that narrative away from being, you know, a manager per se, I'm treating myself more as a servant to them. You know, my job is to bring out the best in them, you know. And that when I came to that realization, that was last summer. You know, as we started to get more staff in the team, I was getting really frustrated because people couldn't do things the same way I was doing them. You know, and it's yeah, you know, to take a step back and realize actually, you know, 
I'm here to make them be the best possible versions of themselves, you know, just like a boxing gym, you know, and it's, um, that that's really what I've learned about myself, you know, and I think ultimately what, what my purpose is, you know, I'm here to bring the world into boxing. Now I want to bring back into the topic of the knives, the violence in UK, because I've been reading it that knives are just, they're, it's like here for guns. What do you want to do? What, how can you help? How can Boxer help in that sense to give back to your community, to give back to your country? Yes. So we've partnered with a lot of charities actually over here in the UK. You know, a great example of this is, um, it's not even a charity anymore, it's a school now. It's called the Boxing Academy. Blows my mind when I heard this story, right? So they started around seven years ago, I think. Um, they took kids who have been kicked out of school off the streets. They put them into what was called a boxing academy. They taught them boxing twice a day. All the teachers were boxing coaches, had to have boxed before, taught them the normal curriculum. And by the end of the period, the kids were averaging like above, a, I think it was a C or something like that, which is like above the national average. And mm-hmm. they showed that boxing was you know, transformative. So, so we partnered with quite a few charities in the UK as well. But I mean, fundamentally, what it, it stems from just the core tenets of boxing. You know, it's first of all, it's discipline. But the biggest of all in this aspect in relation to sort of life crime is mindfulness. Like meditation, I mean, I, I meditate twice a day. Boxing also for me is like a it's like a form of meditation. Like anyone who's ever boxed, whether you're doing pads, bags, shadow boxing, like when you're zoned in, you're you know, the notion of hitting a moving object, moving your feet, protecting your body, your head, like that in itself it requires such a level of focus. You know, it's moment by moment awareness of like your thoughts, what's around you, what you're doing in the now, not thinking about the past not worrying about the future, just in the presence. Like when anyone leaves a boxing gym, they have that same feeling. I walk out of a gym, like, oh, I just feel fresh. Like I know, I know what I'm doing. And I think that in itself, like, and back to the other sort of principles of, um, of boxing, like that has the power to like really change like an angry kid. You know, you give them something to aim towards, let out that frustration. You're more than anything, boxing's so empowering. All that sort of frustration built up. Like I remember when I was boxing as a kid, there was this one kid in the air below me, it did my nothing, you know. And I, I remember I used to go to the gym and just pretend that I was like taking this anger out on him, you know. And I feel so much better about it afterwards, you know. And I hadn't done that, and you know, it was just it's just another way, another mechanism for me to take out that anger on something. I think, and it's been seen, you know, it's been proven, you know. And a big part of what and what, what we wanted to do this year is one of the goals for this year was to really pioneer governments bringing boxing into schools. You know, we had to stop that obviously with COVID. Um, I would love that. But we want to be at the forefront of it. The thing is, what's crazy is they used to teach boxing in schools and then some idiot said, no, it makes the kids more violent. And it's not that. You don't go to any boxing gym. There's no avid boxers in a boxing gym who are like just as you know violent, if you like, in the ring as they are in the street. It doesn't work that way. You know. I mean, it could be like video games. You can make the case for that. But exactly. no, I... Exactly. Social media does more damage to kids. You know, and you compare that to like the values of boxing, like not even just from like a um, physical aspect, but the, as I said to you, you know, the mental aspects of it. It, it can shift the trajectory of an entire generation if we were to get boxing in schools. Period. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up our interview with what I usually do with some boxers. Favorite fighter of all time or right now? Both. Let's do all time and right now. Of all time, Prince and Zim close. Follow closely, and I want to say this, and I'm saying Prince Azim because I just love the way he box. I said at the start, you know, how he shifted his body weight and very pinched more language. Sugar Ray Robinson, and after current, and I'm not saying this just because I'm being biased because we've worked with him, but Javante Davis, like, I just think that kid is a fucking animal. You know, what he's going to do in that division is, um, you know, within the actual sport of boxing is, yeah. All right. Best jab. Best jab. Good question. Let me prepare for these beforehand. Mm-hmm. Why would I have you prepare? Who has the best power punch? Power punch. One hit. I said, yes. You're kidding me. One hit or quitter. One hit or quitter. I mean, who, who knocks them out like pretty much instantaneously right now? Tank, Canelo, real hard, hard motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay. Who has the best ring IQ? Ring IQ, good question. I'd say Loma right now. Loma, yeah. And out of all the fighters, who had the best knockout you've ever seen in as long as you've watched boxing? Tyson, without doubt. Tyson. Yeah, Tyson. Best accuracy? You know, I'll tell you whose accuracy I did love back in the day. It was um, Cossack, Miguel Cossack. 
Okay, Cotto. His body shots. Yeah. Who had the best speed? Hand speed. All time. Sugar Ray Leonard. Hand speed. Mm-hmm. Best walkout. Uh, Prince Azim, without a doubt. Like I used to come out of the fucking magic carpet. Like yeah. And then best ring outfit. People are stepping up their game. I have to say. I mean, Devonta uh, came out and, like sparkles the last time. Like, yeah. You know who's ring outfit I actually like? Who got a lot of stick for it? I actually like Wilder's last ring outfit. You know I what? Just, okay. Cool. I never seen anything. Like I that. loved it. So yeah. when he got his mask done, I would get a lot of my raver outfits done. That's so you. Yeah. So, <laughs> <My work's good. laughs> so when I saw the name, I'm like, I know Cosmo. <laughs> Did I know that the the headpiece was gonna be whatever pounds? It was a really dope. Dope. I, I, honestly, I, I thought I'd never seen anything like that. I thought, you know what? Clearly, a lot of time and energy's gone into that, and it looks like a, it looked like a some art of TV, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, but and like that. It's a lot of backlash on it. Okay, we have to go back to best job. Don't be trying to like change the subject on me. <laughs> Who's your best job of interest? Oscar De La Hoya. Really? He uses his jab, and he, his jab is his left. Well, obviously, he jabs with his left, but then he also has a really strong left. I remember in my interview when his exclusive saying he's coming back out and he actually is now officially coming back out. He uses really? his, yeah, he's coming back out to fight. Hmm. And I interviewed Amir Khan for WBC. He's like, I want to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Is anyone who has got a good job? I mean, come very fast job. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any, just any advice to anyone that, that just wants to go into business and they they seem a little lost. Uh, yeah, you need to find your why. You need to know what your purpose is. Like, you can't just be in there to try and make money. You know, it needs to be something driven out of like actually try, uh, trying to provide value. And ultimately, I think you can make great businesses out of anything. You know, whether or not you're going to succeed them is a different thing. But you have to really love what you're doing because the reality is it, it it's hard. It's great, you know, where Boxer's at right now, but never even to this day, I, I don't consider myself, you know, having made it or anywhere close to where I want to be. You know. And I think that just comes down to like really knowing where it is I do end up, want to, you know, want to end up, and having you know sincere passion for what I'm doing. So one, you know, you, you need to love what you're doing. Two, you need to understand where it is you're headed. You know, and it needs to be like a clearly defined why. You know, for us, be the reason why the world got into boxing. From there, everything falls underneath that. You know, it dictates everything that you do, that your team does, and so on. Give me three words to describe yourself. Disciplined, relentless, competitive. I like those three. I like those three. I like that a lot. I might steal some of it because that's what I am too. <laughs> I'm borrowing it. <laughs> I'm going to borrow. I'm going to borrow. I'm going to borrow some of your traits because I am the same thing. <laughs> oh, ben, Benjamin Amana, boxing is love. Uh, boxing, like you said, boxing can change the world. Come. It really can. Thank you so much for coming on uh, to my podcast and to my uh, audio series, uh, visual series okay. for YouTube. Um, now people know who you are. No, uh, you know, I only went public on Instagram like a few months ago. Like, I hated, I never wanted to be that guy that was just like I know. At the forefront of the brand. Like, I wanted the brand to be the brand. And then if you like me, you like me, if you don't, then like the brand. God, your DMs must have blown up. Oh, so that's the guy I need to DM. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought, you know, in the early days, when I used to speak to these boxers and coaches and so on, I used to go to the boxing gyms and rock up and they were, they were all expecting a white guy. So we messaged them, you know, from uh, the actual account. Yeah, maybe. Just, I can see that. Then the white guy. And I rock up and they're like, you, you, you okay, mate? You know, what are you there? I'm like, I'm Ben. I'm like, oh, you brown Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Brown Ben, you're Brown Ben. I love it. Oh, Ben, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see what you're going to be dropping next. I can't, I want to see the next, uh, the next uh, box raw, who you're going to dress next. I know there's a big name in the works. I don't know if it's the same name, but we can talk about it after, but um, I want to see who else is in the line pipeline. But um, I, uh, before I wrap up, I know I heard a story, I think it was on a podcast that you you did Creed 2, and I love the way that you said how you got involved. You just went on IMDb. You kind of just did your homework. And for me, I feel like if you want a job, not just like necessarily a boxer, but with any big brand, do your homework. Do it like old school when you wanted to play a part of the movie. You slide your resume under the door when they're in the bathroom. It's kind of essentially the same thing. 
figure it out, be creative, think outside the box because that's yeah. exactly what you've done. But yes, thank you so much, Ben. Thank I appreciate you. you. I appreciate your thank time. You. And uh, you guys, where can they follow you? Where can they follow you now since you're on public? <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and no, he's not available because he's busy working. B-O-X, R-A-W, Box Raw, and then uh, Ben.Amana uh, on Instagram. Um, and then if, like, if, if people like I actually enjoy like people hit me up all the time and ask them for advice on their businesses and so on like I actually enjoy it you know uh, like yeah I think anyone that's all got business and they've been mentored in the past and they can like, give that value back out like yeah hit me up if you want, all right. um, well, go yeah. if you want discounts and free shit and fucking you're like no work no, for it you, you know, there's a website boxraw.com <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, Ben. I appreciate you. Uh, I want to thank everyone tuning in to my podcast, The Real Fight with Cynthia Conte. You guys tune in to all my other ones. Thank you for sharing your real fight with us. And I got to the nitty gritty and I got to learn a lot more about you. A lot of people got to learn about who Ben Amana was and the story of Boxra, the birth of the logo, the birth of Boxra, little tidbits about you that no one knows. There you guys have it. Another one in the books for The Real Fight with Cynthia Conte. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe to my new podcast and also to my YouTube channel, The Real Fight with Cynthia Conte. We have some fire episodes coming up. And remember, we're always going to find out what their real fight is within themselves. And also tune in for some more great content. All right, guys, you know what's up. It's fight night, bitches.